1: Hey everyone, welcome to a good football show. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, February 28th, and this is the first of many NFL Combine slash NFL Draft focused episodes over the next couple of months leading up to the big day itself. And with the NFL Combine getting underway this week, we're taking a look at who has the most to gain and some of the players we are most excited to watch. And to break all this down, I'm joined by Chrissy Freud and Thor Nystrom, who is in fact headed to the Combine this week. Thor, we'll start with you. We got a message from you offline about this podcast that alluded to you being fully prepared to run through a brick wall. So scale of one to 10, what's your excitement level at the start of this week?
2: It's about 100. <laughs> the NFL Convite, it's such a fun event. And you finally get quantifiable data about all these prospects as far as there is, you know, the, their athletic uh, profiles. So I, I'm very excited to be able to fill in the boxes as far as all those things and, and, and get more uh, information about these prospects.
1: Chrissy, where are you on the run through a brick wall scale? Where are we at?
3: Well, unfortunately, I will not be headed to Indianapolis this year. But um, I'm excited to see what some of these players do. I am extremely excited to see the medicals from Carson Strong's knee, which it's already been cleared. So I'm I'm happy to know that after this, we won't have to deal with any more rumors of some long term knee issue that have been spread around this season that are unsubstantiated.
1: And by the way, it doesn't have to be a brick wall in Indianapolis. You can run through a brick wall locally, like any brick wall. The one behind me. Yeah, yeah, that will do just fine. That will do just fine. All right, so as I said, we're going to go, well, we're going to go through position groups at the Combine looking at who has the most to gain and who are most excited about and or intrigued to watch. So let's start this off with the running backs, Thor. Thor. You're running back with the most to gain is Arizona State's Rashad White. 16 total touchdowns last season. Tell us why he has so much to gain this week.
2: Yeah, he's a big. Uh, he's 6'2". He's 2'10", he's so he's well-built, um, and he's very, very athletic. But he has vision issues. He's had issues running between the tackles. And so despite the fact of his, his well-built body type and despite the fact that he's extremely athletic and despite the fact that he's one of the best receiving backs in this class, people haven't gotten behind him yet. His senior ball performance was up and down. I was a little bit higher on him at the senior ball, I, I think, than some other folks. But he's extremely athletic, and so I I think this is sort of a showcase for him where he could jump up the board a bit. He was a Feldman freak lister last year. Um, he's run twenty two miles per hour on the GPS. He squats five hundred pounds. Power cleans three hundred pounds. So I mean, you you want to talk about a, a very strong freak, especially a kid at six foot two. Um, If he comes out and he runs super duper fast and he jumps high, you know, you talk about a kid who's extremely explosive. He could be on the move
1: up the board. 22 miles per hour, 500 pounds. That's all you got. I mean, what about some, do you have any impressive numbers on this guy? (laughs) Uh, Chrissy, looking at the offense that Rashad White thrived in, I mean, this is not exactly a guy who benefited from incredible quarterback play this past season, right? Right.
3: No, I don't think so, which is kind of heartbreaking to me because Jaden Daniels there for a while did linger around my, I'd say, top seven to 12 quarterbacks in my rankings. Mm-hmm. And my question for Jaden this entire season was, OK, well, he's scoring with his legs They're I mean, they're getting it to the end zone through other ways, like through white. But can he consistently score on the pass the way that he needs to when he's called upon? And the answer ultimately ended up being no, despite showing some flashes Mm -hmm. that it could be yes during the season. So I think the fact that uh, he was able to accomplish that in spite of Jaden Daniels, who has now been left to transfer, is really a testament to him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Thor, meanwhile, the running backs you've got under the category most intriguing and or who you're most excited to watch are Cincinnati's Jerome Ford and Michigan State's Kenneth Walker. So, uh, putting these two guys into the same answer here. Why are you looking forward to seeing both of them in particular? Well,
2: Jerome Ford, he he's another freak athlete. Where the question about him, it, it's another thing about vision. Uh, Jerome Ford's mm-hmm. a kid who started at Alabama. He he was a ballyhood uh, type recruit who couldn't get on the field there, and and I think the reason why is because Nick Saban didn't think that he could find the hole. But but you know what he was? He was a high school track star. Um, I'm I'm going to give you a, a a couple more stats about him. He so he's five eleven. He's he's two ten. Well built kid. Uh, ran a 4 uh coming out of high school with a 10-6-1 100-meter time. Co- again, coming out of high school, th- those numbers assuredly uh, have gotten better. And by the way, super explosive on film. His high-end speed is right near the top of, of this class in, in terms of, of running backs. But the the question that you have about Jerome Ford, it's can he find those holes? this is an event that really suits his skill set because he should star in it so so you want him to to ace this test and assuming that he does his stock should be on 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 the upswing um kenneth walker he's a bit on the the other side of it where um he he typically does find the holes he's Um, He's one of the best slashers in this this class. I think of him as as sort of a a slalom type runner, like you know, sort of like a a skier, you know, going side to side and 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 stuff like that. Incredibly productive, workhorse type back. Obviously, he was a a Heisman finalist this past season at, at Michigan State, but we just don't know how he will test. I assume that he'll do pretty good in the agility test, just because he's so hard to get your hands on. But the one question that you have about him, it's the high end speed. You know, you, you saw guys be able to catch up uh, to him, you know, when he got out into the open field and he had issues pulling away from guys there. So that's the one big question with with Kenneth Walker's evaluation. We'll see when he gets to the 40 the, the yard dash. But if Kenneth Walker runs better than we expect him to, his stock is going to be on the uptick because you have no other questions about Kenneth Walker's evaluation.
1: A timely slalom reference there, by the way, with the Winter Olympics recently concluding. So well done there.
2: I'm a company man.
1: (laughs) So Ford had 20 total touchdowns. Walker had 19 touchdowns, 6.2 yards per carry. That huge season. At one point, one of the betting favorites to win the Heisman. Chrissy, what was the impact, though, of Michigan State's quarterback play in your eyes and that whole offensive environment on his production?
3: Well, it wasn't always fantastic. I think that Peyton Thorne had some ups and downs. I think that his highs were really high. His lows are really low. He had one game where he Mm -hmm. failed to even reach a 40% completion percentage. That game was an absolute beatdown, one of the worst showings of really any quarterback this season. But I thought that Kenneth Walker had a lot of the same things to overcome that Peyton did. I mean, the offensive line there was really inconsistent. So I think the fact that he was able to accomplish this much says a lot about him and that perhaps um, if the environment around him had been better. That this guy who was already in the Heisman conversation, a front runner at one point, um, is is even better than we think he is.
1: Yeah, he put up some big numbers, but could have been even better potentially in a better environment. So let's move now to the quarterbacks. Chrissy, who is your quarterback with the most to gain at the combine?
3: Um, I think that Desmond Ritter has a lot to show. I think that everyone has a lot to show. Malik Willis um, is obviously very athletic. I think he's going to continue to show that. I think he's going to post some really good numbers. But the thing is that this quarterback class continues to be wide open. And while I'm not someone who is going to say, oh, the combine changes my rankings and projections because it won't, Mm -hmm. there's more we can learn about in terms of measurables about each of these guys. Bailey Zappi is kind of a guy that's still – a little bit unknown. He's more on people's radar, but I think that uh, whatever he does there is going to help him as well. And I think that really pretty much anything that they show is going to kind of pull people in some different directions.
1: You mentioned a few names there. Is there anyone in particular you're very intrigued or excited to watch? I mean, you said it's not going to change your ranking of these guys, but is there anyone you're especially intrigued to see?
3: Well, I like to look at some of the lesser known guys that literally no one knows much of anything about. I think that EJ Perry, um, I mean, whenever I first went to look for film on him, I had to contact the university and go through a couple people because there was literally nothing. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Uh, He's a guy who's really, really athletic that I think is going to catch some more attention after becoming the offensive MVP at the Shrine Bowl. And then Skylar Thompson is another guy that I've always really liked that unfortunately had some injury issues and kind of fell out of the spotlight, but did some good things before he was injured. So I think this is a good opportunity for guys like that, guys like Caleb Ellaby, uh, who have better passing ability than they're being given credit for. I think it's a good opportunity for them to just get on some more people's radar. And then Cole Kelly out of Southeastern Louisiana posted some really high numbers. I'm not sure how many of those are for real um, because he he wasn't doing that at Arkansas. But I think that there's a lot of question marks and a lot of guys that are getting quite literally no attention that we're going to learn some things about.
1: Thor, of any of the names that Chrissy mentioned or any she didn't mention, any quarterbacks that you've got your eyes on this week?
2: We were talking before the show, kind of disappointing that Matt Corral isn't going to be throwing. You know, he's um, – I guess he's sitting out with the high ankle sprain that he had at, at the end of the season, you know – uh I'm not a doctor, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I, I don't know exactly, right. you know, how how healthy or not that he is. But his process hasn't started yet, so he he's the one guy that we haven't seen yet. So it, it's kind of disappointing that we're we're not going to see him yet. And the only opportunity that we're going to be able to is at the very end of March, is when it, when his pro day is, and I think his pro day happens to fall on the same day that Willis's does, and and one of these other uh, top court, maybe it's Howells. You know, there's like three of the top quarterbacks their pro days on the same day. So, so it's kind of disappointing about that. Um, one, you know, just speaking of the, the, the top, you know, I, I'm sort of with Chrissy, she made a comment that, um, you know, that, you know, as far as the top quarterbacks, it, um, you know, the, the, their performances at the combine, your, your opinion of them, it's not going to change too much by their, their performances at mm. the combine. So I agree with that, but the, the quarterback sort of down the line, you're a little bit interested in, in looking at their arms, the, the guys that you, you haven't had exposure to it in the postseason. Dustin Crum is, is one that I'd, I'd be sort of interested to see him throw up close. He actually had the highest big time throw to turnover worthy throw ratio in, in this class. He's actually the only guy that had a, a ratio of that over four. Um, I, I think that's a, a little bit more interesting to look at than, for instance, TD to INT ratio, which is that brings more of your teammate and in, in your scheme into it. Uh, another guy who had a, a pretty good ratio with that is is Jack Cohen who went to Notre Dame. Uh, I think he, his arm is a little bit better than, than people think. So those would be a couple of guys off the beaten path a, a little bit that, that I would look at. Cole Kelly, Chrissy brought him up. He's another guy, more of a sleeper guy that, that I'm, I'm interested to take a look at him. His nickname is the Louisiana steamboat. He's you know he's this kid who's like 6'7", 265. He, he originally signed with Arkansas and he's a little bit quicker um, and, and faster than than you would think being at that size. So I, I'm interested to see him up close those would be three guys, uh, quote unquote sleepers that I'm interested in, and then of course at the at the very top, people know my, my boy in this class is is Malik Willis. I want him to do all the athletic testing because I I think that he could have the most dominant, uh, at least in terms of athletic testing, the most dominant uh, combine performance ever for a quarterback if he does all the testing, and I want him to have the showmanship to go out and do that. So I I, I hope we get to see that.
1: And Chrissy, where is Malik Willis on your board heading into the combine?
3: I had him at third best in the Senior Bowl afterward, after all considered. But the thing was about that is that I think that if he had been the same quarterback that he was from day two and onward after the Senior mm-hmm. Bowl, I'm sorry, day two and onward of the Senior Bowl practices, if he was that same guy throughout the whole season, then he's undoubtedly the best quarterback in this class. But the simple answer to that is that he wasn't. He was one of the uh, worst declining passers in the nation, um, had multiple games with three interceptions or more against, uh, I'm sorry, three interceptions in three games against some subpar secondaries. That really raised a lot of questions. There were a lot of passes that he should have been throwing with touch that he wasn't. It was a, basically a fastball. And I talked to his quarterback's coach about this, and he told me that they had been working on that, that he had been getting better with how to throw different passes, essentially. And I think that showed up at the senior bowl. But the question is, can he maintain that along with that level of athleticism at the NFL level? And I just haven't seen a big enough body of work to prove positive to put him higher than that.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
3: of a detour. All
1: right, we're going to turn our attention now to pass catchers, starting with wide receivers. And Thor, your wide receiver with the most to gain is Trey Lance's former teammate in North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Tell us why.
2: And Christian Watson, to be clear, he has probably already gained the most of the wide receiver class to this point in the process, okay. just from what he has done at the senior ball from, from sort of the consensus. To, and you can see this in uh, uh Benjamin Robinson in, in grinding the mock. If you just want to look at sort of like a stock check, because, you know, coming into the process, I think he was, you know, sort of like around like the middle rounds, like uh, you know, fourth round or even, maybe even fifth round. And now he's gone up, you know, certainly into, into the top, maybe hundred or so. Um, but I, I think he can lock himself into the top fifty and maybe even start to to go into the fringe of of the back half of the first round if he dominates at the combine like I I think he he, he can and he will. Christian Watson, so six four two ten. Ran an official 4:44 in high school, and there are rumors that he ran a 4:38 at NDSU. Um, we know that he's a burner because when you were watching the Trey Lance film last year, the guy at end of all of those bombs was. Was Christian (laughs) Watson. And also, if if you watched a little bit more of, of, you know, of of the film there and it wasn't just the cut ups, you saw Christian Watson doing all sorts of other cool things like end arounds or even in the backfield, just getting handoffs like you saw him doing some like Debo Samuel type stuff. Um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff like that. And Matt, I know you love the, the GPS stats. They've got Christian Watson running oh, 23 it. miles per hour on the GPS. This guy can absolutely fly. Again, if, if he has a dominant performance there, um, and, and we know that NDSU has one of the best weight room programs in America, not not, not FCS, but period. Um, I, I, I You know, not only locks up top 50, but they're going to start talking about him as a potential first rounder.
1: You had me at Debo Samuel, and I'm sure that Niners fans are hoping for a Trey Lance-Christian Watson reunion in San Francisco. Chrissy, though, we should say, I mean, this was not a super high-volume passing offense this past season, yet... Christian Watson still managed 800 yards, seven touchdowns. If my math is correct, which is not guaranteed, that was more than a third of the team's receiving yards and more than a third of the receiving touchdowns. I mean, how impressive is that to you considering the environment there?
3: Yeah, well, based on the total passing yardage on the season, I would say that your math is probably about correct. And whenever you look at the individual quarterback stats, several games, these quarterbacks are around 200, sometimes much, Mm -hmm. much less. So there's not a ton to take out of the air there so to have 800 in this offense really is a lot and i'm curious i i wish that hypothetically that one season we could put him somewhere else and see just how high those numbers would be because i'm sure they would be astronomical he didn't have a single bad day at the senior bowl was one of the best players overall regardless of position at that showcase
1: Seems like a guy who Thor could maybe be like, you know, we see rookies certainly see rookie wide receivers making an instant impact. This sounds like a guy in the right situation who could be that guy.
2: Totally agree. Before the first day of the Senior Bowl practices, I, I was talking to a big-time national uh, draft guy, and and we were saying bare minimum. Uh, Christian Watson comes into the NFL with the starter kit of a pack, one of the prototypical Packer outside starting wide receivers of you know the lanky speed burner guy downfield. Just just you know just just you know bare minimum. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the the Mark Marquez Valdez, Scantling type guy. But what you also get from it and people don't talk about, you know, some of these aspects of his game. What Christian Watson also does is block his behind off on every single play, because at any issue, if you don't block, you don't play. That's every single position. And you saw this at the senior ball. Like when when there was long runs that were broken off on, on his side, he either had his cornerback. His butt was planted on the sideline, you know, or else he was 30 yards, Watson was 30 yards downfield acting as a lead envoy. So, so, you know, so, so there's that thing. Or, you know, the, the thing I was talking about with, you know, where you can use Watson as as the runner, you know, you know, end arounds or, or, or in the backfield. The other thing that we saw at the, at the senior bowl that you did not see as much about at NDSU. And I think this is the real reason why you saw him rise, because it was a new thing. Um, and, 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 and there just wasn't this element in the NDSU offense was the intermediate stuff. Particularly, you saw this with Kenny Pickett. Um, They they developed a real chemistry there. Um, More of the route running. Uh, Christian Watson was snapping off his routes. He was finding uh, soft spots in the zone, you know, turning around, you know, know, finding where the bodies weren't, uh, catching the ball in traffic. We know he can catch the ball um, in contested situations downfield, but we didn't know that he could do it in traffic, you know, with bodies around him there and then, you know, seamlessly turn upfield uh, and, and, you know, and, 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 and do that sort of stuff. He did that. There's That's why I think he was on the rise there.
1: All right, Thor, your most intriguing wide receivers and the ones you're most excited to watch are first Cincinnati's Alec Pierce and Chrissy, I want to get your thoughts on Alec Pierce's quarterback in just a second, as well as USC's Drake London. So Thor, your quick thoughts on Pierce and London and why you're looking forward to watching those guys this week.
2: Yeah, so Alec Pierce is another uh, Bruce Feldman freak list. He was number 46 on Feldman's freak list last year. 6'3", 213 pounds, Broke Cincinnati's uh, deadlifting record, six hundred and seventy-five pounds. The guy broad jumps eleven feet, vertical jumps forty inches, runs a four four five forty, and a four one four shuttle. Um, he also had one of the highest a dots um, in this entire class, uh, you know, going back the last couple of years, but but last year as well. the The one question that you have about the guy, he's extremely, extremely productive. The only question that you have about his, Sort of profile. I I think of him as kind of an Eric Decker uh, type receiver. It's just that the downfield thing. He has sometimes had issues in contested situations. I okay. think he's he's going to blow the the roof off of Indy. I think he's going to test like a banshee. Um, it's just on tape. Sometimes there's issues with him in the contested situations. So I I think he's going to be sterling there. It's just, you know, you you have questions about that contested thing sometimes. But Alec Pierce is a, is, is a skilled player, and he is one heck of an athlete.
1: Well, speaking of contested catches, that's sort of the specialty of one Drake London, if I'm not mistaken, Thor. So your quick thoughts on him as well.
2: Drake London is not only the best in this class in contested situations, you got to go back several classes to find someone that is as good in contested uh, catch situations as him. His ball skills are absolutely insane. Like, he's like... Uh, He's a rebounder, like on. He's he, you know, like the comp for him would be like Dennis Rodman. Like I have this this dream that he's gonna that he's gonna get drafted by the Bills because I I just want him to play with Josh Allen, like the guy that could throw it the farthest and get the ball up the highest. Because yeah, you know, at, at that point you have to put two two guys on him. You know, if if it's one on one, he's coming down with the ball. But but the the thing with London and the reason that I put him in in the in the category of um. The, the most excited to watch is because I, I'm going to sort of be on pins and needles watching him specifically in the agility drills and specifically to see if he's going to do the agility drills. Cause we've mm-hmm. seen some guys of his ilk, you know, sort of the, the, the length lank, lanky uh, sort of stretched out type receivers that have, you know, that that, that are led by this sort of contested catch uh, uh, foot, you know, heading into the NFL that have ducked that in recent years, you know, you think of like uh, uh, Hakeem Butler, you uh, well, DK Metcalf should have ducked up, but it, but he didn't. You just wonder if Drake London is 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 going to do them, and and if he does, how will he do? Because the you know the question that you have with Drake London is 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 he going to create separation in the NFL? And the one thing that you know evaluators are going to use to to gauge that from you know from his tests are that that's what it's going to be. It's the agility drills. So I mean, people are going to, going to be watching those very closely and wondering how he's he's going to do in those. We will see. The, the other thing that I would say about Drake London is there's not when, when you look at his body type, you know, the, the 6'5", 210, there's not a ton of guys that have had that body type coming into the NFL in the past 20 years or so that have become superstars. So that's one other thing that he has going you know, against him. So, I mean, we'll see going in, but people are going to be watching his test very closely.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see with Drake London, maybe his future success based on his playing style that you just described is going to depend on who his quarterback is. Like a risk-averse quarterback is going to be a, not a good fit for this guy at all if he's not creating much separation. Anyhow, he's just 20 years old, by the way. Uh, he and Alec Pierce both had breakout seasons. Pierce, 52 catches, 884 yards, 8 touchdowns. Catching passes from Desmond Ritter. Chrissy, speaking of Ritter, what are you looking for from him this week?
3: Yeah, I think that he's an, another quarterback who really just needs to show something. It's a curious case because he led his team way down the the postseason with a chance of making it to the national championship against the odds. But how much of it was actually him? I think that he manages the game relatively well. I think that he has a solid foundation traits wise of someone who I want to develop as potentially a high end backup But in one word, Mm -hmm. Desmond Ritter is lackluster and he has shown me nothing to believe otherwise, except for the fact that on the second day, whenever all the quarterbacks were out in the elements at the senior bowl, he was the only one who really seemed to be able to get it together on a consistent basis in the rain after he put on really just not that incredible of a performance. The first day was even the people who were high on him were like, you know, like this is, this was the worst quarterback of the day. I thought he got more consistent as time went on. Um, I think throughout the season, he's shown good ball placement. I think that he's, he's shown accurate accuracy at times. It has also been inconsistent at times. I think that he has a lot of things that I want to build off of. I think that he's a, a, a safer quarterback for somebody who wants to develop as a passer but I think that he needs to show more it factor. And I'm not really sure that he has that it
2: factor.
1: So are you are you there with that assessment of lackluster on Ritter? More or
2: less. I, I think I think Chrissy and I rank Desmond Ritter just about the same. I, I rank him as my my QB6. Uh uh, who was it? Uh I think it was Danny Kelly had a great conference, uh comped him to, to Daniel Jones. And it was one of those comps where I, I was I was ticked off because I, I didn't think of it myself. <laughs> It was, it was kind of perfect. You know I mean? Like Ritter has, he has a strong arm. He can push it down the field, but it's, it, you know, he, he, he's, he's just risk averse enough that it it doesn't play up like it should. And then he's, he's athletic, but he's not like Malik Willis athletic. Right. So it's, he, yes, he, he's a dual threat with a big arm, but like it's, it, you know, it, it doesn't evoke uh, M- Michael Vick. That's not the manifestation of it. And, and like, um, you know, like in, in speaking to the risk aversion and how that, that hurts his game. The the one thing I, I disagreed with, with Christy about was 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 the 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 rain day at in mobile on on Wednesday. What one thing I noted about that was there was one pass where it was like a screen pass and and he 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 popped it to the running back and I, the ball m- must have slipped out of his hands or something it came up like 2 yards short of the running back and i, I think he was a little bit spooked cuz um you know the he he'd been struggling with accuracy bad the day before like like chrisy noted and i noticed that the next couple of reps that he was deliberately trying to scramble because i i think he was afraid of, of putting more bad tape out there for eva- evaluators so he wasn't even trying to throw like he was trying to scramble and he was directing traffic like for his receivers like block block and you know and running around the the right side of it and you saw some of this at Cincinnati where going back to Alec Pierce like he'd he'd be hunting for these deep shots and if they weren't there he would take the easy check down or else he, he would start scrambling I just don't know if he has that killer in him yes he will avoid the turnovers and he will make some of these big time throws but He, you know, going back to the Alec Pierce thing, Alec Pierce got in a lot of good situations because Ritter would only throw him the ball when when Pierce was more or less in in these great situations. But Ritter wasn't putting it there when it was going to be a really tight window because – there's this sort of risk aversion thing of, of Ritter's game, and maybe that was drilled into him. But I just don't know if if Ritter's ever going to have that thing. You know, for instance, with Matt Corral, and and a part of this is, is it's a criticism of Corral, where where Corral's always going for it. But I would much rather have that than than the opposite side of it, where you, you know you're 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 afraid. You know, to to, to put it out there. You know.
1: Uh, Chrissy, any final thoughts for you on Ritter and risk aversion before we move to the next position group?
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, what I was referencing in the rain was the first group of three quarterbacks. I thought that basically there was a really high expectation for Kenny Pickett to show that he was going to be okay in the rain. I thought that he struggled immensely. Carson Strong, to me, was the best quarterback there the first day. Um, he was he was throwing high a few times, seemed to be bothered a little bit out in the rain. So I I I'm not saying that he was the best quarterback there on day two by any means, but I thought in that group of three that he was the one who elevated his game the most. And weirdly enough, the elements, I just thought that it came at a weird time. The bar was on the floor the first day, just to be a thousand percent honest with you.
1: Now to the tight ends and Thor, your tight end with the most to gain is Nevada's Cole Turner. Chrissy, we're going to talk about his quarterback in a second, but Turner, the former wide receiver, posted 19 total touchdowns the last two seasons combined. So Thor, why does he have so much to gain at the combine?
2: For me, it's because he lost the most at at the senior bowl. And Chrissy can probably speak to, to his game more than me, because I, I I think she watched more of him, you know, the, these past couple of years, but I expected more of Cole Turner at the senior bowl, just to be completely honest with you. And, um, you know, he put up these bazooka stats at, at, at Nevada. And I mean, they had such a high powered passing attack and, and I, you know, I thought, you know, watching Nevada these past couple of years live, he, he, to me, he looked way more fluid, you know, on, on the field. Maybe that was just, you know, the, the, the scheme or whatever, but on the field in, in Mobile, maybe it was just a bad week for him. To me, he looked stiff. Um, he didn't, he didn't look as fast. He didn't look as fluid. Um, he didn't look as agile. Um, his routes didn't look as snappy. And so like on all these different metrics, he, for me, he looked, he played down. He didn't even look as big to me. Um, and so for, for me, the reason I put him on the most to gain is I think uh, for me, I, I think he needs the testing to flip the script a bit. And if he does, you know, if, 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 if he can get the the testing, he can turn the the error around a bit.
1: Well, Chrissy, as Thor alluded to, you've watched this Nevada team plenty because of another quarterback we'll be watching closely at the Combine, Carson Strong. You mentioned him briefly already. So what are your thoughts on Strong and Cole Turner, as Thor said, and this connection between them?
3: Yeah, well, firstly, uh, Cole Turner is the only non-quarterback that I've interviewed this offseason because that's kind of where my focus is. And we did talk about the Senior Bowl. He did tell me that he thought that he didn't flash as much at the Senior Bowl as he does on tape. But part of that has to do with the fact that he came in with a goal of proving versatility. So in the Nevada offense, a tight end is going to be used a lot more like a wide receiver. He's moved around a lot. He does a lot around the field, but like the blocking, the stances and stuff are a little bit different at the next level. So I think that he did show that and really comes out to me as, yeah, some of the stuff on tape at Nevada was flashier, but we have a guy who has proven that he can do everything and may be the most versatile tight end in this class, or at least one of the most versatile. Um, He did tell me that he is looking forward to going into the combine and showing that he is also one of the fastest at the position. So testing well is something that he's putting a lot of emphasis on. I'm excited to see uh, where he goes. I think that he should be more highly projected than he is, and then a team's going to get a steal if he does go low, which there's a possibility that he could. So I think that when it comes down to – the chemistry, though, Carson Strong, Romeo Dubs, and Cole Turner, they all lived together. Um, they've all mm-hmm. said that that helped their chemistry a lot. They are best friends on and off the field. Um, I think that it also helped to have one of, it's one of the best uh, – we'll call him the best quarterback in Nevada history because I think he's going to be better than Colin Kaepernick was. Throwing him the ball, I think that that helped a lot, too. I think that Carson Strong is the most talented pure dropback passer in this class, most talented pure passer. Um, I think really – before the season a lot of people actually had him as the first quarterback coming off the board at least before the season or two weeks into the season but the reason why that dropped to some extent outside of the first round itself was because of these concerns over the knee and what that started with a rumor and since then as i said earlier he's he's been cleared but you have this weird phenomenon where people are still coming going and saying oh, we liked that we saw Carson Strong at the Senior Bowl and throughout the season, he's been super consistent. We like everything about him, but the knee. It's like, why are you still talking about the knee? That's already been cleared up. It shouldn't be an issue. It's like this weird hysteria that's never going to go away even after it's cleared at the Combine, too. I also think that at the Senior Bowl that he showed, he's definitely far from Lamar Jackson, but he showed a certain level of at least escapability that he hadn't shown before he ran the ball a few times. And I think that... He's definitely not developed in that area. He's not going to do a lot for you in that area. But when you look at what's required of a quarterback in the air raid offense, they're not asked to do that ever. And it's we had this weird thing going on with Davis Mills last year, too, as he was this guy that Davis Mills is more mobile than Carson Strong by, by a mile. But he was knocked for having zero mobility and being a statue, which was not the case and which is why he went through so many mobility drills and then showed that he wasn't, it was just a a product of the Stanford offense. So I think there's factors like that, that people have got to look into as well.
1: All right, Thor, let's now get to the Titans you find most intriguing, the guys you're most excited to watch, and a couple names here. That would be Coastal Carolina's Isaiah Likely and Colorado State's Trey McBride. Now, Likely had a dozen touchdowns last season. McBride did his best Falcons-Kyle Pitts impression with 90 catches, 1,120 yards, but just one touchdown. Uh, how do these guys profile as prospects and fantasy prospects at the next level for you? For
2: fantasy people, both of these guys are very intriguing. So, so fantasy people should be looking at both these guys and how they test very, very closely. Uh first for IJ likely, he's more on the the sleeper uh side of things. He's more of a, a middle round prospect. And and his testing is even more important for where his his, you know, where he ends up going. He he would be considered more of a volatile stock right now. He's on the smaller side. I think he's uh six six four, two forty. At the top of my head, something like that. But he was dominant in the Sun Belt. You know, he was in that that super fun but wonky offense at, at Coastal Carolina uh, with Grayson McCaw. And he's lined up. They, they lined him up in a, a bunch of different spots. But the thing that you wonder about him with his size and, and again, in that wonky offense and, and lining him up everywhere, is he big enough to play in line in the NFL, number one, and if he's not, you know, and, and hold up in blocking and everything like that. And if he's not – is he athletic enough to hold up long term as a big slot in the NFL? We we know that he is skilled enough as a receiver. You know he he showed that in in college. So I, I'm not concerned about that at all. It's just you know it, we're we're going to see. You know when, when, once he goes out and and tests. But um you know the the, the size thing. It's it's going to be interesting to see what he what he measures in at and all that sort of stuff. And then you want to see what the athletic profile is. And then as far as as McBride goes. Um, you know, you mentioned it. I mean, he, you know, the, the the productivity speaks for itself. And, and he did this over uh, multiple years. It, his you know, receiving stats last year were absolutely ludicrous. He was another guy that they literally lined him up everywhere. They lined him up in line. They lined him up in the slot. They lined him up out wide. They lined him up in the backfield. I mean, literally everywhere. And and he did not have the benefit that likely did. Likely had a great quarterback. Uh, you know, whenever McCall comes out in the draft, I don't know if it's going to be next year or the year after that. We will definitely be talking about him. I think it was Todd Senteo, was uh, Colorado State's quarterback. We will never be talking about Todd Senteo. I'm I'm sorry uh, if Mister and Mrs. Senteo are out there listening to this podcast, but uh, whenever he his eligibility is exhausted, we will not be talking about him. But they they force fed uh, 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 Trey McBride uh, targets mm-hmm. anyway, and so you know he was a. In all of these contested situations. I think he uh, uh, McBride led the this this class in contested targets. So he was in all of these bad situations where you know there was like you know you think of like uh, the original Nintendo with what, what was that Duck Hunter? You know you got the little the little thing the, the plastic Duck gun and, and the thing. Yeah. He he was being thrown all of these ducks right like it, and you know that there was you know all these defenders around him because of the, the whole name of the game for all these MWC defenses was stop Trey McBride. Colorado State Mm -hmm. didn't have anyone else on that entire team, and yet he put up these just ludicrous numbers. He had, I, I believe, the highest uh, PFF hands grade in, in 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 this tight end class as well. Again, despite these horrible situations that he was in, but the, you know the thing with him is he's on the smaller side. He's only 6'3". He's not terribly long, you know, as as well. You know, he's you know, it, it, our arms are a little bit on the shorter side as well. So we want to see you know what he officially measures in at, and we also want to see what the athletic testing is. You know, it, it's not expected that he's gonna you know test as a crazy burner or anything like that. So we want to see what what the profile ends up being. Um, he's expected to be maybe a, a second rounder right now, but he he should be the, the first tight end off the board. We'll, we'll see what he tests at.
1: Well, Christy, as we said, your specialty is quarterbacks, but looking at both of these guys, Likely and McBride, anything you want to add? I mean, McBride in particular, I think was in a pretty run heavy offense. Any perspective you want to add about the offenses that they played in and posted those numbers?
3: I'm an air raid person, but there's something uh, almost artistic and intriguing about this spread triple option that Coastal Carolina runs and that Grayson McCall uh-huh. has conducted so well, even early on in his career. And like Thor said, uh, this was one of my top quarterbacks already in this draft class, obviously didn't come out, could come out next year. Um, I think that, that he helps likely out and that likely helps him out. Um, I think that those are two prospects that are intriguing. And then when we look at Trey McBride and the run-heavy offense, it's kind of the same story that we've been talking about with some of these other guys. If people are running the ball more by mathematics, your numbers are supposed to be lower. And so whenever they're higher, that speaks volumes about you and who you are as a player. At the Senior Bowl, I was not watching them closely. I heard a lot of mixed reviews about him. Some people were super impressed with him. Some people thought that he could have been better on the first or second day. Uh, There was some stuff like that, but I I think he's immensely talented. I think that moving forward in the NFL, that versatility across every position is a big trait to have. And it's certainly one that he showed in college.
1: All right. Meanwhile, Alabama offensive lineman Evan Neal, as we know, is a front runner to be the number one overall pick. And on a related note, as you mentioned, Thor, right before we came on the air, he announced he's not going to test at the combine. So we're going to turn our attention now to a couple of defensive players before we get out of here. And Aiden Hutchinson, another guy who's in that number one conversation coming off a season of 14 sacks. So, Thor, why are you excited to see him in particular this week and what are you looking for?
2: Well, I think he has a shot, I, I believe, to lock up edge one. Um, you know, the Thibodeau, his, his arrow has been sort of going the other way early in the process, and I don't think people realize what a stud athlete Hutchinson is. He was the number two Bruce Feldman freak lister uh, last year, Hutchinson came out. I, you know, people listen to the Pat McAfee show. Um, Hutchinson said earlier this process that he was going to light up the combine. He he is pretty confident, and I, I think he has every reason to be confident. Um, he has run in the low four sixes, confirmed um, in, in the forties. Uh, he has a, a mid uh, thirty inch uh, vertical. I mean, he measures it. You know, in, in he's six six. The bench press thirty times. You know, over thirty times um he also has a 6373 con time which or I, i'm sorry that that was quitty pay but hutchinson has a 654 that that he's done before and he, you know he's trying to to compete with him in that so he's used quitty pay sort of as as his benchmark and and to, to sort of compete with that you know and he's been in the weight room um and obviously Quiddy Pay was a freak athlete, um and, and so you know Hutchinson has been trying to to measure himself against that. We'll, we'll see if he can if he can get there. You know with some of that stuff, but he is an absolute freak. Fran Duffy, um I I saw Fran Duffy had projected um some of Aiden Hutchinson's numbers. This is Fran Duffy's projections for Aiden Hutchinson. Just for people out there if they're interested, he had Aiden Hutchinson with 32 bench reps, a 37 inch vertical, 4640, 401 shuttle, and 6493 cone. So if anyone out there is Taking notes. That's what Fran has down for Aiden
1: Hutchinson. Seems good. Chrissy, in the process of studying quarterbacks, what have you seen from Hutchinson? What has stood out to you? Yeah,
3: I think that Hutchinson is the best defensive player in this class. There's, It's not for no reason that he's still in talks for first overall, though those have dwindled down a little bit. I don't see him dropping below the top five. I don't think very many people do at all. I think he's an explosive player. And then outside of just the tangibles, which Thor covered really well, is this relentless mentality that shows up Obviously on film uh, in his play, but let's think about everything that Michigan accomplished against the odds and kind of the, the negative perception of them that was out there for a little while. I think that that translates into, for lack of a better word, and kind of cliche, really good locker room mentality. He's a guy that's going to elevate your team both on the field and just mentally speaking, I think from day one which speaks volumes about about who he is as a player. And I think that that's shined through in the interviews that he's done with media and what we've heard coming out about teams.
1: All right, we're just quickly hitting on defense on this episode ahead of the Combine. A lot more to come in the weeks ahead. But one other guy that fantasy managers who play in IDP leagues will want to keep on their radar is Notre Dame's Kyle Hamilton. Thor, tell us why you're looking forward to seeing Hamilton this week.
2: Oh, okay. well, I mean, cause you're gonna, you're gonna see a, a freak unlike, um, I mean, almost <laughs> any other sort of freak that you're gonna see test.
1: The freak of freaks. We we've arrived at the freak of freaks here.
2: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a freak of freaks. It, I mean, this kid's six four two nineteen, and and here we, I mean, this might be the last GPS uh, reference you get in this this pod, Matt. So so strap in.
1: Okay, I'm gonna cherish it. I'm gonna savor it. I'm gonna soak it in.
2: Yeah, this 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 is a Garmin reference for you. So 20, 21 miles per hour. Um, he's he's been clocked at broad jump of of ten eight, and vertical he's been at forty one inches. So, this kid, uh, or tick over 41 inches, this kid is an absolutely ludicrous athlete, you know, and and runs 4'4, might even get high 4'3s. We'll see. Just an absolutely ludicrous athlete at 6'4, you know, and approaching 220. Uh, you just don't see athletes like this, and and on the field, he's just a ridiculous player. You know the the football IQ, how quickly he triggers. You know whether it's it's into uh, run alleys or or whether it's in coverage. You know a two two way player, uh, both in coverage and and against the run. But the the athleticism is just so stupid in in, in that package, and you're going to see it on full display in Indianapolis,
1: Chrissy. Before we go, your thoughts on the freak of freaks, Kyle Hamilton. Yeah,
3: I think that the frame on Hamilton is definitely going to be something that catches the attention. I mean, it's it's hard to ignore that. It's going to catch your eye as soon as he walks into a room. He's a guy who can make plays over the top and he's going to go get the ball for you. Three interceptions over seven games. I could see him landing with a team like the Detroit Lions that desperately needs to bolster its secondary.
1: All right, that is going to do it for us, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. You can follow Chrissy, at chrissy underscore freud thor is at thor ku keep it tuned to NBC sports edge for updates throughout the week from indy i want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live chrissy thor thanks to both of you guys i'll talk to you soon the longest
0: field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble
3: of a detour.